0: Proverbs, chapter 18, and I'm reading from verses 4 to 24. In the Pew Bibles, this is on page 646. Verse 4. The words of the mouth are deep waters, but the fountain of wisdom is a rushing stream. It is not good to be partial to the wicked and so deprive the innocent of justice. The lips of fools bring them strife, and their mouths invite a beating. The mouths of fools are their undoing, and their lips are a snare to their very lives. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the inmost parts. One who is slack in his work is brother to one who destroys. The name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. The wealth of the rich is their fortified city. They imagine it a wall too high to scale. Before a downfall, the heart is haughty, but humility comes before honour. To answer before listening, that is folly and shame. The human spirit can endure in sickness. But a crushed spirit, who can bear? The heart of the discerning acquires knowledge, for the ears of the wise seek it out. A gift opens the way and ushers the giver into the presence of the great. In a lawsuit, the first to speak seems right, until someone comes forward and cross-examines. Casting the lot settles disputes, And keep strong opponents apart. A brother wronged is more unyielding than a fortified city. Disputes are like the barred gates of a citadel. From the fruit of their mouth a person's stomach is filled. With the harvest of their lips they are satisfied. The tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. He who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favour from the Lord. The poor plead for mercy, but the rich answer harshly. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Well, good morning, everyone. Good to be with you, to be the people of God together, and especially as we continue in our Summer Chill series in Proverbs. You enjoying the Proverbs? They're so practical, aren't they? And I think today perhaps more practical than uh, any of the weeks uh, that we're spending in Proverbs because we're looking at speech, we're looking at the tongue, we're looking at words, very practical things today. Words are powerful, aren't they? They can either destroy or heal. They can leave deep psychological scars or they can be like an oasis in the desert. There's an old proverb, I'm sure you're familiar with it. Sticks and stones may break my bones but words will never hurt me. You don't hear it much these days, do you? And why is that? Because we know it's not true. We know that while words can't hurt us physically, they can do great psychological damage. Words can and do hurt. I imagine we can all think of words that have been said to us at different times in our lives that still haunt us. I know that's true for me. I also know there's been times when I've said careless words and I've hurt others. And that haunts me as well. But hopefully also you can remember words that have brought you life. And I have to say, for me, it's harder to think of specific words that have been said to me uh, that I could say brought life, but I can think of particular people. Uh, I can remember particular relationships. People, when I've been in their company, I felt my tank filled and I've left encouraged. Do you have those moments? Life words. They're so encouraging. And so we come to chapter 18 of Proverbs. And the key verse I want to focus on this morning is verse 21. The tongue has the power of life and of death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Firstly, that second part. I take that to mean that uh, those who talk will eat its fruit. We all talk, don't we? And we will eat the fruit of what we say. So if we talk life words, the fruit will be sweet. If we talk death words, it will be bitter fruit. Uh, There's many other topics in this chapter. You might have noticed the Proverbs sort of jump around a little bit. So we're not going to talk about any of those other things. But uh, there are so many verses here that are about words, about the power of the tongue. Uh, And so that's our focus. Firstly, the warning about death words. If you've got your Bible there, you'll find it very handy to follow these verses as I look at the ones that refer to death words. Verse 6, the lips of fools bring them strife and their mouths invite a beating. Or verse 7, the mouths of fools are their undoing. Their lips are a snare to their very lives. Verse 8, the words of a gossip are like choice morsels, they go down to the inmost parts. And I think verse 13, very practical, to answer before listening, that is folly and shame. So you see, here are examples of how words can harm, can destroy. These are death words. But look at the verses that that point us to life words. So, for example, verse 4, the fountain of wisdom is a rushing stream. That sounds refreshing, doesn't it? Wise words, like a rushing stream, they refresh. Verse 20, from the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled. With the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. And then there's a number of verses which deal with the human heart which, of course, is the source of our words. So verse 12, before a downfall, the heart is haughty, but humility comes before honour. Humble words uh, will eventually exalt. Verse 15, The heart of the discerning acquires knowledge. The ears of the wise seek it out. See, it's the heart, the heart of the discerning, we acquire knowledge. So the tongue you see here, words, they have the power of life and they have the power of death. Some words that people speak to you, they'll make you feel a million dollars. Other words will make you feel like you're just a waste of space. And so there's this stark contrast between life and death. Think about the father who says to his son, son, when you inherit the family business, I expect you'll ruin it. What does that do to a person's soul? And when it comes from your own father? Words can crush, can demoralise. They're death words. But think of the father who says to his son, you're a fantastic boy and I'm with you 1000% with whatever you choose to do in life. What does that do to your soul? It lifts you, doesn't it? It makes you feel significant, like you can take on the world uh, and get out there. Words can edify and give life. So, if we know that life words build people up, feed their soul, and we know that death words crush the spirit, pull people down, why don't we use life words more often and death words less? Why don't we? It's crazy, really. It's so simple. Well, let's admit that at the start, for some people, uh, they have a pastoral gift. They're good listeners. Uh, They love getting alongside people and encouraging them. They just seem to have life words. Or maybe uh, you've learned to use life words through training. There are pastoral care courses out there. And as you train and as you put them into practice, some of these things can be learned. But from my observation, most people actually find this difficult. And there's all sorts of reasons why we might find it difficult. Let me suggest three. It may be that you're just not good with words. English was a horror subject for you at school. So you've decided, well, I'm just the quiet, silent type. And you stay in your shell. Can I make just a couple of practical suggestions? Uh, it's possible to learn some phrases uh, and then to have them ready to use. At first it might seem a little wooden, but if you uh, have learnt them and practice them, phrases like, you did a great job, well done. Simple little phrase. What you said really helped me. Simple little phrase. Or well, what about, tell me more about that? So you hear someone's story and you engage with it and show interest and listen, and, and that encourages. A person goes away from that conversation uh, with life words and being built up. When we learn a few simple little phrases and use them often, we discover the power of life words. Secondly, though, It may be we've struggled with this because anger is getting in the way. It may be that you've been bruised in life and there is an underlying resentment about life for you. And this may be directed towards parents, may be directed towards some other authority figure in your life. It may be directed towards God. If you're harboring resentment, then Anger will most likely trigger death words rather than life. Can I make two suggestions? It may be you need a counsellor to unpack where that anger is coming from. These things are rarely simple, but professional help is available. But secondly, think about how you can channel your disappointment in life into redemption. Into gospel ministry. Let me tell you the story of Wes Stafford. He was president and CEO of Compassion for twenty years, from ninety three through to twenty thirteen. And there'll be some of you who I know sponsor Compassion Children. Uh, Beck McClellan spoke at a women's breakfast just recently, didn't she? And uh, some of you probably did sign up for uh, Compassion sponsorship. Well, Wes was the son of missionaries in the Ivory Coast, West Africa. The mission ran a boarding school where he received his education. But unbeknown to his parents, this boarding school was a place of terrible physical, emotional and sexual abuse. Wes could have come out of that school a very broken and angry young man. But instead, he's used that horrible experience to throw his life into rescuing and caring for vulnerable children. In Africa and all around the world. And so through his faith in Christ he's found the power to forgive and to redeem that horrible start in life and leverage it for good. And that's what redemption's all about, buying back, bringing it back. Christ taking our pain on the cross and turning it around for good. So if we trust him as our saviour he promises a new life in the power of his resurrection. And then we can join in his mission, his redemption of the world. So if you are bruised in life or have resentment or anger, there is redemption at the cross and a new start is possible. But thirdly, another reason why you may not use life words as often as you'd like. Maybe you're just plain tired. It's hard to speak life words when you're tired, run down, worn out. Picture your life like a bucket of water. or maybe this morning it's more appropriate to talk about a plastic bag of water. (laughs) It's the same illustration. The hard knocks in life punch holes in your bucket. And the water leaks out. The bucket regularly needs refilling or else it'll end up empty. And so it's important to keep filling the bucket. I was reading an article this week in the EFAC magazine Essentials, written by Ralph Mayhew. Uh, He's a full-time minister of Burley Village Church on the Gold Coast. The way he keeps filling his bucket is through photography and filmmaking. And so he's got his own website and YouTube channel where he puts his work up for, goodness knows, quite a few thousand viewers. In the article, he talks about the importance of being creative. He says we've been made in the image of our creator God to reflect that and we reflect his image in our own creativity. And for him, that's photography and film. It rejuvenates him, fills his bucket. Now, for you, it may be craft, maybe reading, sport, holding dinner parties, whatever your gift is. Where are you able to be creative and replenish? Peter Mayhew also says he meets with God every day. He reads the scriptures and seeks God's will for his life and his ministry. And, of course, that's essential for a healthy walk with Christ and a refilling of the bucket. Daily prayer and Bible reading, so important. Also, having the pattern of weekly worship. Uh, That should be rejuvenating because you come here each week and you get refocused on the one who really matters. And then it should help you to go out and then worship God all week, seven days, saying he is worthy and doing his will, honouring him in all you do. And so you need to keep filling the bucket. With a heart full of the love of God, life words will flow out rather than death words. But, you know, in the final count, it's the gospel at work in our hearts which is most important there's all sorts of lovely practical tips there but ultimately it's the gospel which has to make the difference on the inside in our hearts look at verse 15 uh, of the proverb there of chapter 18 it says the heart of the discerning acquires knowledge it's about acquiring knowledge but not just head knowledge Do you remember Proverbs 1, at the start of this series, in verse 7, we looked at the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord. And what did we say the fear of the Lord is? It's about faith. It's about trusting in someone who's bigger and smarter than you are, and recognizing that. And it's also realizing that he has provided a different way of salvation to our natural inclinations. And so it's about our heart being changed so we trust in that way of salvation rather than our own. And so our heart has to turn from self-reliance to God-reliance. It has to turn from trusting our good works. Uh, Instead, we have to turn to faith. And from the fear of man, we turn to the fear of God. And the fear of God is the beginning of knowledge. You see, it would be very easy to leave here this morning and think this message is simply that you have to try harder to stop using death words and start using more life words. But my friends, I want to point you to the fear of the Lord as the beginning of knowledge, not just practical tips. I want to point you to faith as the only way to live. I want to point you to relying on God and God alone. We need a new heart on the inside if we're to honour God with our speech. I want to take you to a few words from Jesus. In Matthew fifteen eighteen. Jesus said this. He said, the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, Theft, false testimony, slander. Jesus also said in Matthew 7, Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? The tree here you see is an image of the heart. The words we speak come out of our heart. They're a window, actually, into our heart. Our heart produces life words, which produce good fruit, or our heart produces death words, which produce bad fruit. And I think Jesus doesn't want to just, you know, wash our mouth out with soap and say, stop using bad words and start using life words. No, Jesus wants to change our hearts. And it's the grace of God in Jesus that changes our hearts. And so it's about understanding his way of salvation, which is Jesus. And realising our words don't compare with his words. Our life doesn't match up to his life. And so we need to throw our whole life and uh, our whole trust to him. God has provided forgiveness through the cross completely unmerited completely undeserved and so it's about turning to him and having your heart radically changed and you know if that's really happened then it should lead us to more sympathy uh, with our fellow sinners out there who have yet to taste the grace of God more sympathy for them a soft heart that goes up to them and wants to speak life words to them words that get below the surface that deal with their discouragements their struggles, their fears, words that point them to the wonder of Jesus and his grace. So, my friends, this morning, whatever holds you back, maybe it's you're just the quiet, silent type. Maybe there is anger from past hurts. Or maybe you're just tired and burnt out. This morning, refresh yourself in the gospel. Taste again the goodness of God in Jesus Christ. Let him fill your bucket, give you a new heart and then go out into the world and speak those words of life to others that will bring deep encouragement and point them to Jesus. Let me pray. Lord, give us new hearts, hearts that understand ourselves, understand others, hearts that are sympathetic to the struggles and fears of people around us, but also hearts that are full of the gospel and can speak life words into others. Fill our bucket, Lord, that we might be able to fill others. And in your strength alone and for your glory. Amen.